0: It is a short-term, high-interest, safer position than being a real estate investor, not to mention that it's extremely repeatable. You can keep turning your money over and over and over again.
1: then fund that flips the way to go their team has over 200 deals under their belt and uh, you can actually this is crazy you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information uh, so go to fund that com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And today we're going to dive in and talk, speak with a, a lender who specializes in rehab lending, self-storage facilities, commercial income properties, and residential renovations. So touches a lot of different types of projects. How you doing? Fernando Angelucci
0: show. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How
1: are you doing today? Doing very well. Very well. And thank you so much for joining us. Fernando is joining us from Chicago, Illinois. And he is, as I mentioned, a national real estate lender with recent expansion into international markets. With that being said, Fernando, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of started from the beginning here. Uh, started at, at a nine to five job working for a Fortune 50 company. I realized that the corporate life was not for me. Um, it wasn't really a nine to five. It was more like a five a.m. to seven p.m. and they didn't really care how many hours I worked. <laughs> um, started doing some some real estate on the side and decided to go full time into real estate investing. July 24th at 4 p.m. on in uh, 2014. So. Uh, re- very recent into the into the space, but I've grown exponentially since then, and I kind of want to give some of those uh, some of those hacks to uh, exponential growth to your to the best ever listeners here.
1: Yeah, sure. So what what do you got?
0: Yeah, so so went into wholesale, just to build some capital, no money, no credit down. Did pretty well in that that space, and then I saw that all the cash buyers I was sending deals to, they were the ones that were making really the, the, the big bucks. So I decided, okay, I'm going to get into fix and flip properties. Started fixing and flipping. It um, started working out really well. And then at that point, I started building up some cash, but I thought, okay, now's the time to build some wealth. So I started acquiring rental properties, uh, multifamily and single family, um, all throughout the Midwest. From that point on, I realized that um, on paper, these rentals look really good. But once you actually start running the numbers at the end of the year, you know your operating expenses are really high 40 to 50, 60%. And in most cases. So then I, I was looking for another asset class that, uh, I got, I was able to keep more of the, of the gross rent as profit. That's when I found self storage investing, um, great asset class. Lenders love it because it's the lowest defaulting asset class in real estate. Um, oh, you I didn't know a, that. yeah, yeah. Lowest defaulting class. Um, in addition to that, it was one of the only classes investments in general that was, uh, was not hit hard by the recession. And I think the my little two cents on that, I think, is because when people are downsizing, they still need a place to store their stuff. So that was really great. We were seeing twenty to twenty-five. Sometimes if you're not doing too hot, thirty percent operating expense ratio. So you're you're seeing seventy percent of your gross rent as profit. But you know, I was, I was doing that and I saw I was in that self storage space and in the lending um to the to the the rehabs that I was doing. I was doing all the work, I was taking all the risk, and the lender was really the one that was making out big. They did maybe a couple hours of work, they took no risk, they had no more work after that initial period, and then they collected a passive income every month, so I said, that's where I want to be. You know, you look at any large city, you look at the largest buildings in the city center, and they usually have a bank's name on them, right? So I decided, just a a few months back, maybe about six months ago, I decided I, I need to get into the
1: lending space. So with, with getting into the lending space, what's a first step? How, how do you uh, legally, and have, I'm not a lender, so I, I'm not sure what, what requirements there are. How do you, how do you legally lend money to, to people for projects? Yeah,
0: yeah. Number one, you have to build a really good team around you. You know, get an attorney. Uh, I think the biggest person on your parking should be a hard money broker um, because they're going to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. They're going to prepare all the documents for you once you have those in those those power team members in place then you want to start looking for not only the money but also the borrowers right i had kind of a little bit of a leg up because i had been wholesaling here for about a year and a half two years i had a large list about 600 700 cash buyers that you know i'd always wholesale them deals and then they'd start going out and looking for financing so now i just i just sent out an email to all my list and i said hey you know i'm in the lending space now if you guys need um, financing for your for your flip deals, give me a call, especially if it's a property that you're buying off of me as a wholesale deal, because I already know all the numbers. I can I can fast track you through the entire process. So that was finding the borrowers. Finding the the, the lenders was a little bit more intricate. And I learned this from a few of my mentors. Basically you want to go find people that are not satisfied with the returns they're getting. So a lot of the people that you're going to be targeting are the ones that have a retirement account that's not doing so well, um, or they just have a bunch of cash parked in a checking account or a saving account making less than one percent. Same thing with CDs, um, and just kind of let them know. You know, when you're when you're doing lending, it's actually an even better investment than doing the actual real estate yourself because when you look at the equity stack, um, which you can kind of draw on a piece of paper, just a a, a rectangle. The farther down on that rectangle, the safer money, the farther up, the more risky. So at the bottom is where you're going to have your first lien position, you know, your, your first lien mortgage holders. Then you go second, third, fourth position. Then above that, you have your, your down payment. And the down payment is the riskiest part of equity stack because if the market moves against you, that's the very first part that gets eaten up. Now, as soon as that gets eaten up, then you're starting to go into negative space, right? You go through your, your equity, then you go through your down payment, and now you can actually be losing money. But the lender's always sitting pretty because they have maybe a loan that's 65 70 maybe 75% of the value of the home. If anything happens in the worst case scenario, say the borrower cannot make the payments and you have to take the property back, you can always list that property below market to move it very quickly and still make a profit in that 30 days that it takes to, to, to move the property. Um, so this is one of the things that I saw, you know, everyone kept coming to me. I was talking to my hard money lenders when I was doing my flips and I'd say, how do I do this? What do I do? Why do you do this? And they, they kept coming back to me with the same answers. It is a short term, high interest, safer position than being a real estate investor. Not to mention that it's extremely repeatable. You can keep turning your money over and over and over again, and just to kind of break those things down, number one, why is it important to be short-term? Let's say six. your average hard money loan is six to nine months. You look at the crash in 2008, and you look at the markets that were hit the hardest, there were parts of California that in one year values dropped by 22%. Now, say if you had a six-month loan in that terrible crash, now we're looking at an 11% drop in value. If you're a lender that is lending at 70% of the value, and all of a sudden you see 11% drop, you still have that, that cushion of 19% where your money is still in a safe, protected space. Um, if anything goes wrong, again, you can always take the property back, sell it below market to move it quickly, and then get your initial investment plus interest
1: back. Real, real quick real quick question. Yeah, sure. um, so I, I, I just want, for my own purposes, to clarify where you are in this, because you said... You find lenders and you find borrowers. I was under the impression you were the lender. So are you you a mortgage broker? Is that what it is?
0: No. So what my technical title is, is I'm a trust deed and private mortgage investor. So what I do is I'll find both the lenders and the borrowers and I'll move them to my broker. I say, hey, Mr. Broker, what is your fee? And the bro- broker says, okay, I need to take three points. That is my fee to do this. I say, okay, great. If I bring you both the borrower and the lender and up the entire loan for you, and then you just do the points and do the paperwork, is that worth your time? And to them, that's extremely worth their time because brokers, they're always in a transactional space. They have to keep finding loans to make money because they don't usually share in any of the interest spreads.
1: Got it. Okay, so you're a matchmaker between people who need money and people who have money. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, so, and, and how are you How are you compensated?
0: Yeah, so sometimes I'll be compensated off a of spread. So, for example, say I have Larry Lender here. He has a retirement account that is making him 2% a year. He's not happy with that because he knows inflation is roughly 5 to 8% if you actually look at the, the cost of goods and not what the government tells you. So if you're not making between six, five to 8%, um, a year, you're actually losing money every year when it comes to buying power. So he talks to me and says, Hey, I need something where I can at least hit inflation or better. So say I offer Larry Lender 10%. Then I find, you know, Frank Flipper and Frank Flipper says, Hey, no bank wants to touch me because of these reasons, you know, X, Y and Z, but the property itself, is sustainable and the deal itself supports the loan. That's why they're called hard money lenders is because the loan is only based off of the hard asset itself and not the borrower. Um, And he says, I'm willing to pay, let's say 12% and five points. So I say, okay, that's great. I connect both of them to my broker. I said, Hey broker, I got one guy here that he wants a 10% return. I have this other guy here that he is willing to pay you know, 12% and five points. What is your fee? My broker says my fee is three points. Okay. So I keep two points and then I also keep the spread between the 10% and the 12%. Per
1: month. Okay. And would the evolution of your business be to uh, be the actual lender?
0: You know, a lot of people have asked me this and my kind of stock answer is, you know, nobody has enough money to invest in all the real estate they want. Even even Donald Trump, you know, Donald Trump, the reason he got so big is because he used other people's money. So I w- I, I'm probably going to keep this model. And what we'll do is once we get past $20 million in um, available funds, we'll actually start our own private fund. And at that point, then instead of it being a a per transaction basis where right now what happens is I find a borrower. I look at the deal. I pre the deal. I pre the borrower. And I send it to you know my private lender and say, Mr. Private Lender, this is the deal. Is this a deal that you're comfortable with? And they either say yes or no. Once you get to the level that you're a fund, what it is is you guarantee a certain return, a, a, what's called a preferred return, and all your lenders just pool their money into that fund. And then you are the one making those decisions. Um, once you're at that fund level, then the next logical step is once you have more than $100 million available in capital, you start a bank. Because then you can start leveraging what's called the fractional reserve. And so for every dollar that you have in your bank, you can lend out something like $9, right? So that, that's the logical next step after you, after you
1: start a fund. And then what type of license, if any, did you have to get in order to be a trustee and mortgage invest private right. mortgage investor.
0: Right. So this is, this is the great thing about being a matchmaker without actually doing the, the loans yourself. So I didn't have to get any type of license. And um, I recommend this to all, all real estate investors just because it's always good to diversify your portfolio of having hard assets and then also having paper assets. Um, as long as you have a broker on your team and the broker does all the, the paperwork and takes their cut of the points, then you you can do it just as a, a regular individual.
1: Over the last six months, since you've started doing this, how many have you done?
0: Yeah, I've done five so far, and they've worked out very well. Um, we're going to be looking at another three this afternoon uh, one in Indianapolis, one in Chicago, and then one in Des Moines, Iowa.
1: And what period of time are those uh, loans for, just on average or a so, specific? Six months, right,
0: okay. So right now, I like to stay in what I call the bread and butter. That's going to be your three twos between a after repair value of a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty, maybe three hundred thousand, depending on the market, because that those are the properties that move the fastest. And usually the, the work that is needed um, will only take about three to six months from beginning from getting the loan all the way to sale on the MLS.
1: And can you give us an example of one of those and the, the fees that you charge just so we can get a sense of what the, the dollars are on one of them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there was one in Des Moines, Iowa on the south side. Um, it was a 12% and 5 point loan with a broker taking 3% or the three points off. It was a $50,000 purchase price with a $27,000 um, rehab. And it's going to be closing here on the 18th of December. The purchase agreement has already been signed at 118.5.
1: Okay, so what what's dollars in your pocket when did, when it closes?
0: Yeah, so I'm making a 2% spread. So I'm making the, the 10 to a 12% spread. And then I'm also making the um,
1: the two points after the broker takes their points. Okay, and uh, what are the, the, that would be, do you have that math
0: oh, worked I, out? I uh, don't have it with me here, but basically I'd, I'd be so the, the total loan was for seventy seven thousand dollars um so okay, i get two so. percent of that and then yep, i so also go get
1: uh so seventy seven thousand two percent so that's roughly like fifteen hundred or so. fifteen
0: hundred right and then yeah. i also get the the two point spread on top of that so that's another fifteen hundred right so it, you know on the face it doesn't look like a lot um because it's only $3,000. But then the magic of lending comes in, which is called rehypothecation. So when I give this flipper, this loan for his property, he gives me two pieces of paper. He gives me a promissory note, which is an IOU. And then he gives me a security instrument. And depending on what state you're in, it's either a mortgage or a deed of trust. So then what I do um, is I can take that security instrument I can go to another lender and I say, hey, Mr. Lender number two, I have the security instrument that, you know, it's 77000 on a $118,000 property. Are you willing to lend against this? And he says, absolutely. So he holds that security instrument and then he gives me more funds in whatever amount that I'm asking for that makes sense for him. And then I can do it over and over again. And this is, I think, where, where we kind of met when we were um, posting on on Bigger Pockets was you can turn one fifty thousand dollar loan into one million dollars in lendable capital just by rehypothecating. This is how the banks make their money. This is how the 0.1% of the United States make their money. The nice thing about lending is it's all about the dollars per hour output. I maybe spent two to three hours on this loan. Now imagine if I stack 30 of these in one month, right? Three thousand dollars times 30. And now you're really starting to see the the scalability of this of this model
1: absolutely when um how did, how did you come across this idea
0: yeah absolutely so the very first thing was you know, I was doing my slips and there was one where it was a little tight but you know I knew I had to pay the lender so luckily it worked out um so I paid my lender my hard money lender and um, I said to him you know like what you're doing is perfect you, you only spend a little bit of time and and then I do all the work I take all the risk and he said yeah this is why I got into this you know why I got into this business like you teach me what to do and so he, he gave me a few things to kind of start on, but it wasn't really enough to, to be confident in the business. And then I actually went out and uh um started paying for courses. There's classes on how to do this. The most notable that I, I use right now is uh George Antone's bankers code.
1: And the the what code?
0: The bankers code. And what is that? Yeah, it's, it's just basically a class on how to become a trust deed investor or a, a private mortgage investor, and he walks you through all the steps that you really need to do. He's got a book out. I think the book's only like 12 bucks. Um You can go by that and kind of introduces you into all of the high-level stuff, and if you want to get more involved, um, you can take his courses or – do what i did which is a combination of both and just go talk to a hard money broker and say hey mr hard money broker if i bring you a lender and i bring you a borrower that's pre-vetted and you just do the paperwork is that okay with you and they say yes 100 percent of the time because then it cuts down on their marketing costs it cuts down on the time they have to spend finding both the money and the and the borrower um, and they will they will teach you how to do this because you're bringing the biz- business you're adding value to their business
1: fernando what's the best real estate investing advice ever
0: I would say, you know, make your money work for you. Don't work for your money, because if, you, if you're constantly exchanging your time for money, you're going to have a nine to five for the rest of your life. Surround yourself with people that are in the position that you want to be in. You know, farther along in your journey, and leverage their experience. Leverage not only their successes but also their failures. That's huge. Um, if you can, if you can talk to a mentor that's maybe two, three, four years ahead of you in your space that way you don't have to reinvent the
1: wheel you ready for the best ever lightning round I good. all right first a quick word from our best ever partners if you need money for your flipping project then go to fund that forward slash best ever you'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip go to fund that forward slash best ever fernando what's the best ever book you've read
0: I'm going to have to say the 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It really teaches you how to increase your per-hour output and kind of create the lifestyle that you want to live.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it?
0: That's going to have to be when I was walking through downtown Indianapolis with one of my mentors, Aaron Adams. He taught me the difference between high-value activities and low-value activities and how you need to focus only on those activities that are either making you the most money or bringing joy into your life.
1: Was there a certain way that he taught it or did he just tell you it like you
0: Absolutely. Mentioned? So the very first thing he told me was to do was to keep a time log every 15 minutes of the day from the time that you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Write down everything you're doing. If it's brushing your teeth, if it's watching TV, if it's closing a deal, Once you start doing that for about a week, you start to notice what activities are really just wasting your time and which activities are really getting you paid or bringing joy to your life. And the ones that are wasting your time, you delegate that out to somebody else.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: Best ever deal I've done as far as dollars per hour, I have to say, is a wholesale deal on a four-plex in Des Moines, Iowa. I made $12,000, and I think I only put about an hour and a half of work. So if you break it down, that's um, about $8,000 an hour right there.
1: How'd you find the deal? Because you're based in Chicago.
0: Yeah, so um, just marketing, direct mail marketing, I think is one of the best marketing you can do. The online space is starting to get pretty big, but I still think the core, you know, just sending out letters, handwritten address, hands return address um, to to your motivated buyers, where they're going to be divorced, probate, you know, absentee owner, out of state owners. That's kind of how I found it.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: Definitely. So, other than, you know, kind of taking some some investors under my wing and teaching them what my mentors taught me um, on a kind of more personal basis. I, I love animals. Anything I can do to donate even my time or my money to charities that directly benefit you know, our furry friends, I'm there all day.
1: And what's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate?
0: Trying to do everything by myself. Absolutely. Number one mistake. You know, I'm hyper left brain, very analytical type. I know a lot of the best ever listeners out there the exact same way. You have this perception that you think you do everything the best, and that may be true, but it's better to have someone do something eighty percent of what you can do it. Because now you have instead of twenty four hours in one day, now you have forty eight hours in one day, and then keep extrapolating that out until you have a big team. Where now you know you have say one hundred and eighty hours in one day to get things done. Absolutely amazing advice.
1: What's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you?
0: Uh, yeah, so you can either email me at Fernando. At TitanWealthGroup.com, or to make it easy, we set up a website for all the best ever listeners. You can go to afterthepodcast.com.
1: Okie doke. Well, that's that, that's uh, that certainly is unique. Um, right. And, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't come across that one before. That's yeah, my cool. marketing
0: director is basically the one that came up with it. And I said, I'm glad that I decided to not do everything by myself and uh, bring you into this.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, now I'm uh, perhaps because our episode has not aired when we're talking. It will air a little bit later. But I just went to afterthepodcast.com and uh, just a, it says GoDaddy.
0: Right. So right now we're, we're putting in a lot of our new websites and then social media profiles there. So once this airs, uh, it should probably be up in the next two days. And it'll have every okay, one of our contact it. information for our emails, phone numbers, social media, websites, anything you want to learn, educational materials will all be there.
1: Sweet. All right. Well, Fernando, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about storage, self-storage. You you educated me on a couple things I didn't know. One is that they're the lowest defaulting class in real estate. Two is that the operating expense ratio is about 20 to upwards of 30%, which even a class A new construction multifamily probably can't touch. That's probably around 40%. And then, with your, your business model of a trust, deed, and private mortgage investor, basically you match up the hard money lender with the person who needs the money, and then you make, a, a, make, make the profits on the spread of whatever the hard money lender is charging and what the other person's willing to pay. And you get in on the action. You don't need a license to do it because you're basically an assistant to the hard money lender and i guess assistant to a certain extent to the the individual needing the money for their for their loan really interesting how you've structured it and it's a business model that i haven't come across and i've done about 500 of these so yeah. i'm always uh, i'm always enjoying learning different ways that uh, people are building their their incomes and passively in this case once it's set up Uh, And um, then, you know, trying to identifying the needs in the market. Um, So, thanks so much for sharing that. Absolutely, uh, and and appreciate you taking the time speak to me and the best ever listeners. And I hope you have a best ever day.
0: You too, Joe. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, best ever listeners. You guys have a great day.
1: If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.